0: Okay, so when I was in elementary school, I remember taking those tests where they tried to help you decide what career to go into when you're an adult. And I remember every student in my class was wanting to be a firefighter or a policeman or something like that. Something everybody wants to be, an astronaut, a vet. And when it came time to see what I was best suited for, my results came back undetermined. I couldn't pinpoint one thing that I would be good at based on my testing. And so when they asked me what I wanted to do, I remember telling them I wanted to be a journalist. And since I was like six years old, I remember always wanting to be one of the writers for USA Today It was just amazing, waking up on Sunday mornings and getting that giant, thick newspaper on the doorstep. And it just amazed me that there were real people writing that stuff. And they had to do it quickly, you know? I mean, it's a newspaper after all. And it just blew me away. I I loved it so much, and up until, Today, I still want to be a journalist, but let's be honest, college is expensive, and well, I'm broke. So, my next best option was to just write for myself, and throughout the years, I wrote a number of short stories and and dabbled in some poetry, but for some reason, short stories just clicked for me. And I remember having, like, entire storylines written out what I wanted the story to be, and I'm envisioning it in my head, thinking, this is going to be a 250-page book, and everybody's going to want to read it. Well, I would get, like, maybe 12 pages in and realize I was in over my head. And... I continued down that path until well out of high school when I started to realize that I didn't have to write a 250 page book to have a decent piece of literature. So I started writing very short stories. And so I decided this week I'm going to read one of my short stories. Um, To be honest, Work has been a little crazy lately, and I just haven't had time to really sit down and work out a schedule with new people to interview for the podcast, so um, you'll have to excuse the audio quality this week. I'm actually sitting in a hotel, and uh, i just a laptop and a microphone tonight, so if you hear some stuff in the background, just add it to ambience, I guess. So, before I get started, I do need to say thank you to everybody that listened to the episode last week. It was our debut episode, and had such a great reaction. People from across the state, and some outside of the state, listened, and I got comments, and I'm just blown away by the results. And so hopefully, if everything goes as planned, we're going to have more and more of this into the future, and... I'm hoping to bring some really, really great stories to everybody. Um, Before I read the story, I need to tell you, this story is very graphic, uses very strong language, and it uses descriptions of blood and violence and gore, and it is not suitable for young ears. So... If by some chance your kids are listening, you might want to send them off into the other room. This one's not for them. So, without further ado, this is Disseminate. Okay, so you'll have to bear with me with the background noise. It just started raining, but I think it'll add a nice uh, a nice touch to the story. Alright, so this story's actually called Robert Fuckface. Do you know how hard it is to get blood out from under your fingernails? You would think it was like everything else, just a little scraping and that's it. There's something about blood where it just doesn't like coming out from under your nails. I had been vigorously scraping and scrubbing for 20 minutes now and they looked like they did an hour ago. I had used a brick to beat a man's face into pulp. I wanted to use my hands, but when it came time to do it... Felt as if it just wouldn't work. Robert had bothered me for years. He never really went out of his way to do me wrong. Have you ever met someone that they never really did anything to harm you in any way, but they just rub you the wrong way? How every time you see that person, they make you... (laughs) They make the bile swell towards the back of your throat. That's what I felt every time I was around this guy. A lot of people feel this way, admittedly. They are envious or resentful of a person, and they just feel like running them over with a car. This guy had never had a chance with me. We had met years ago at an office birthday party for Brenda in accounting. Lord knows she didn't need the cake, but it was there. I mean, when you work in an office setting, you have an unwritten, unspoken rule of etiquette where if somebody in the office has a birthday, a pregnancy, a marriage, really anything that normal people celebrate then you have this social office obligation to show up and fake a smile for a couple hours while everyone stands around and makes themselves feel happy for someone else for a reason that most of them don't even know why. A lot of us participate because we want to leave our desks to get away from our monotonous work for longer than the time it takes for a trip to the bathroom or to the vending machine. This was the case for me. Anyone smashed into a cubicle for as long as I have been, then you take any reason you can to get out of it. I watched this Brenda puckered her fat lips and blow out her stupid little candles while everyone else was busy faking being happy for her, and I poured myself half of the flask that I kept in my pocket into the cold cup of coffee on the table in front of me. I looked around while I poured, but being a professional and all, I closed the flask and returned it to my pocket without looking down at the cup of coffee once. But once it was safely Back in my pocket, I reached down and picked up the ceramic mug and noticed it was full to the brim. Like I said, I'm a professional. Some of it ran down my chin and absorbed into my shirt, I didn't care, not really, except the fact that now my shirt smelled like whiskey and burnt coffee, but like I said, I don't care. Robert must have been watching me, or at least, that's what I like to think sometimes. Later he came to me and, air quotes, accidentally, bumped into me. I feel like he did this on purpose. Robert must have been watching me, or at least that's what I like to think sometimes. Later he came to me and accidentally bumped into me. Those were air quotes on that in case you didn't catch it. I feel like he did it on purpose though there wasn't anything in the way of evidence that corroborated that hypothesis. I spilled half of my air quotes coffee on my pants. I turned to snap at him, my pointer finger extended to express my discontent, but he reacted before I had a chance to say a word. My lips were pursed ready to say something. I guess the air was moving out of my mouth because Robert's first reaction was to pull back violently. You know, the reaction you get when you walk into a bathroom that somebody just got done destroying? Yeah, that reaction. Whoa, buddy, he said, throwing tiny, non-committedly friendly air punches towards my torso. Been hitting the sauce a little bit, huh? He said like a cartoon character out of the corner of his mouth, with the backside of his hand to cover his speech. As if the room full of people, one, couldn't hear what he's saying, and two, did not know that I was already drunk. No one cared. He was just the first person to say anything. I just stood stoically against his barrages to become friendly with me. After a moment of him talking about his family and his fucking dog named either Buttfuck or Fido, I don't remember which... I just walked away. He was saying something... But I did the math right quick in my head, and... It was better to just sit there and suffer at my desk than to stand with this idiot in my personal bubble. So I went. It was that day that I decided I was going to kill him. This was not a new thing. I have a little black book. Yes, an actual little black book. I realize now how terribly cliche it is, but... It is practical, too. I keep two notebooks in my pockets at all times. One is blue, the other is black. After all, I couldn't just write in the cover of it book of people I want to kill. That just seems a little counterintuitive, I think. Therefore, black book it is. In my little black book, there were lists of names. Some have been crossed out, some haven't. I'm a creature of opportunity if I see a chance to do what I need to do, then I do it. I'm not an animal. I don't go out of my way to kill these people just when it seems convenient. In this book, I wrote his name down. I never knew his last name. I just wrote Robert Fuckface. Once I was done I looked up and there he was across the office smiling and waving at me like Ned Flanders friendly. The way he stood there with that stupid piece of cake and a napkin in front of him and uh, I looked back down and underlined his name twice, closed the book and replaced it in my pocket and walked back to my desk. It wasn't until years later that I had my chance. I was leaving the office and walking through the mostly empty parking garage like most of the other things in the world I also hated this parking garage it was made out of that weird concrete that no matter how slow you were going you sounded like you were peeling out I considered myself a smart guy and I was ever really able to figure out why it does this My best guess is that this concrete tire anomaly, as as I have come to call it, is caused by either one, the concrete being too slick, or two, the concrete is too grippy. Yes, I know that's not a word. Fuck you. But you still got it though, I bet. I'm one of those people that waits until everyone leaves and then I leave. I don't want to have to deal with anybody when it comes to traffic or waiting in line to exit the parking garage, so. So I strolled, not too lively, across the parking garage and listened to the sound of my shoes doing this squeaky squeak thing on the concrete. Part of the concrete tire anomaly affects my shoes and. I was deep in thought about whether the concrete was gripping my shoes or too much or if they were slipping, I don't know, when I noticed that my car wasn't the only one left in the garage. I stopped and looked around to see if there were anyone else there and I was alone. I walked to my car and got in the driver's seat and started my car. I was two feet out of my parking space when the other car hit mine. My car was pushed into the brick wall in front of my car. I was immediately certain both ends of my car sustained some type of damage. I slammed my car into park and jumped out of the driver's seat, flying, arms flailing out of the vehicle, already furious. Are you fucking serious? 144,000 square feet of driving space and you feel like you need to occupy the same six square feet that my car is in. I should... It was him. Robert Fuckface. He came out of his car quickly and went to explaining how sorry he was. I inspected the damage at the rear of the vehicle with him standing behind me. He was saying something about exchanging insurance, blah, blah, blah. His words just morphed into nonsense after a few sentences. So, the car had hit so hard that it had dislodged several bricks at the front end of my vehicle. I picked one up, and I called Robert to the front of the vehicle. Show me the damage. I'm just like, look. He ignorantly leaned in close to inspect the damage. So I did my best at making myself look concerned and aggravated at the same time. Just look at that, I said. No, get closer. Look at it. I looked around to make sure we were alone. That's going to take forever to get fixed. I lifted the brick overhead and brought it down swiftly. At the side of his head as hard as I could. The first blow knocked him unconscious. When his limp body fell to the concrete, I repeatedly smashed his face with a brick until there was nothing recognizable of his face left. I saw the gray ooze of what was left of his brain draining out on the side of his crushed head. I pushed the bricks back in place into the wall, which Robert, fuckface, dislodged and dragged Robert back to his car, put him in the front seat. He had engaged his parking brake. However, I disengaged it and slammed his foot down on the accelerator and watched as his car sped away down the parking garage ramp. And swiftly, it just flew through the flimsy guardrail at the end of the ramp. His car soared off the edge. I heard a crunch. I got back in my car and drove home. Cool as a cucumber. So here I sit, scrubbing my nails with an old toothbrush trying to get the blood out. It took several hours to get it all clear, but I got it. I washed my hands one last time and tried them on the only towel in the bathroom. I reached into my pocket, pulled out the little black book, and crossed off the name that was double underlined. Robert Fuckface. I shut off the bathroom light and went to bed. Make sure you follow the page on Facebook, subscribe on whatever streaming service you use I know for sure that we're on Spotify uh, Google Podcasts and um, Apple Podcasts I'm fairly certain that we'll be on just about every streaming platform that you would use so if you like what you heard please like, subscribe, follow and let's see if we can make one of these small town podcast blow up so if you've got a story that you want to tell feel free to email me at disseminatepodcast at gmail.com that's d-i-s-s-e-m i-n-a-t podcast at gmail.com or you can feel free to contact me through the facebook page the Disseminate Podcast. And I hope that all of you really enjoy what I'm doing here. I'm going to continue doing it until I simply cannot no longer. And like I said, the only way this show is going to go anywhere is if we get support from people following and subscribing and maybe a few donations later down the road. I'll see you next time.